Hello, this is Millennial Man Motions Entertainment. Today is Tuesday, February 16th, 2021. And I want you all, I want to welcome you now to the first edition, the first Tuesday episode of the Tenacious Tuesday. In this Tenacious Tuesday, the topic I, I will be discussing about are my favorite comedians. Now, before I get into who my favorite comedians are, I'm going to do a quick little plug, plug and say to please check out my YouTube channel. If you go inside of YouTube, it's at Millennial Man Motions Entertainment, LLC. There should be in the early 30s of subscribers with an island as the cover. And what I want you to do is I want you to take a look at the YouTube channel. And if you see at least three videos out of the over 200 that are on there, if you enjoy and get satisfaction and happiness from at least three of the videos out of the over 200 on there, then I want you to subscribe to the channel, hit the like button on the videos that you like, share, comment. That's subscribe, share, like, and comment. All the above there if you like my YouTube channel. And look out for my YouTube channel in the spring. I'm tired of the snow. I am really tired of this damn snow. So look out for the spring. As soon as it's spring and nice out and warm, look out, look out for some video in some video interviews I'll be doing with people. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be interesting, and I'm gonna try to make as many inter- interviews as possible with people out and about as soon as it becomes spring. So look out for awesomeness to come. Now with that YouTube plug out of the way, today Tuesday tena- first te- tenacious tu- tenacious Tuesday. Subject is my favorite comedians. Now, what I'm going to be doing is I have a small list. It's not very big. Um, it's not a definitive list. I probably are leaving a whole lot of people out that I didn't get to think of or exactly know who they are in their name. So it's not a definitive list, but it's just my list. It's small. I may be forgetting a lot of people, but it's, it's not. My list isn't the right list. It's just my list. Now, I'm going to first talk about four deceased, four people who are no longer walking this earth as the first four comedians. Then I'll go dwell, then I'll go right into the uh, the living ones that I like. So let's start off first with the first of one to four or four to one. This is again this is in no particular order. The four deceased comedians before going over the living. Here we go. And here we go. Mr. Rodney Dangerfield, who was born in 1921 and passed away in 2004. Rodney Dangerfield, if you don't know who he is, his trademark, his trademark catchphrase line is, I don't get no respect. I don't, I don't get no respect. So that's the guy who always does that as the line. So coming, not, I'm sorry, this is not in any ranking order, but the first of four dead people comedians, Mr. Rodney Dangerfield, I don't get, I don't get no respect. And I just want to read a quote or two of what he said while he was still living. I don't get no respect, no respect at all. And then here's, a, here's another quote, line or quote or two to continue with that. Um, let me see. I feel sorry for short people. You know, when it rains, they're the last to know. It's lonely on the top when there's no one on the bottom. (laughs) 
Oh, no, here's the, here's one that, here's what really, oh, wait a sec. Uh, my wife and I were happy for 20 years, and then we met. Dun, dun, dun. And then one more quote, let me see, and then there's one more quote I want to get, get in there about Mr. Rodney Dangerfield. No, actually, there's a few more quotes, hold on. And then he said, um, if it weren't for pick, if it weren't for pick, pickpockets, I'd have no SVX life at all. Okay, so there's that one. And then I want to say what else. He's another quote or two. I want to say. Hold on a sec. I was ugly, very ugly when I was born. The doctor smacked my mother. <laughs> my mother never breastfed me. She she told me she liked me better as a friend. Bum bum bum. Oh wait a sec. There's one more quote. Let me just make sure. I get my- oh, here's it. This is, this is it. Okay. Oh, here. My psychiatrist told me I was crazy. And I said I wanted a second opinion. He said, okay, and you're ugly too. Da da da! Alright, I think that's it about the quotes. Alright, so, Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield, while he was alive, he was funny with his, with his jokes, with his one-liners. Just said a few of the quotes there now. So I'm now going to move on now to the second dead person. Just looking at his quotes one more time. Asked who makes him laugh. My wife during S3X. Okay, I'm done with. I'm done now. I'm moving on now from Dangerfield to the next second of four dead people comedians I like. And that and that man's name is Mr. Patrice O'Neill. Who died early in his, unfortunately died young in his early 40s. He died in 2011. And what I like about Patrice O'Neill is him being brutally honest. If you watch any videos that he did, um, while he was alive, what he said in his thoughts that he got out of his mouth, it all came out brutally honest. And that was what really stood out about him is the honesty of that. Um, let me see. I want to say a quote or two from him before we move on to the third person. A lot of people walk out of my show. If I've got 250 to 300 people in the audience, 20 will walk out. I average about 20 walkouts, which is good because everyone else stays. And I love that. That's what comedy is. Not everybody should be laughing at everything at the same time. That's not even natural. My thing is to feel natural because I don't want to feel like I could just make people laugh at every single joke every single time with the same decimal level. And a second line about this, second quote, he said, I like, I like to be loved or hated. I do not like mediocre. So that I'd rather have the entire crowd hate me than to have 90% hate me. That's interesting. And then one more quote he said. No, wait, one or two more quotes. Let me see. Have your opinion. Don't let your opinion have you like that. Um, let me see if that last quote I want to do or not. Let me see. I'm going to ask him to see. 
the emptiness of I made it. What's it? Well, you know what I'm saying? So I just do it because when a guy says to me, dude, man, you've changed my life. That feels good. If a dude says, you've changed my life, or a woman says, you've changed my life, or some goofy S-H-I-T you did, you know, that means something. That it. That's it. I want to change lives, but not be profound about it. So the second of four dead people like, really like the comedian, Mr. Patrice O'Neill. Catch video clips of his comedy. It's available. Okay, now my third comedian I like that has passed and is no longer on this earth. This guy needs no introduction. Well, I'll give one anyway, a little bit, but it's Mr. George Carlin. Yes, Carlin George, Mr. George Carlin, who was born in 1937 and passed in 2008. He is one of the things he's most known about is he has his notorious seven dirty words comedy routine was part of a radio censorship case that made its way to the, to the U.S. Supreme Court in 1978. His seven dirty words skit, very funny. Like that he just get it all out there like that. And, uh, and that was on radio back in the 70s. Well, uh, Anchor.fm is my personal awesome... I already used the word awesome for something earlier, t- earlier in the uh, podcast. So I'm trying to... I'm trying to find a different adjective instead of ones I've already used, but Anchor.fm, that, thank you guys for being around. Anchor.fm is my internet radio for me, the host, for me to talk my thoughts out. So it's excellent. I'm going to excellent for now. The excellent po- internet podcasting radio that is Anchor. I love this stuff. This is, this is, it's good to be back. It's good to be back on the podcast. I like, I like uh, getting my thoughts out there. I'm going to have um, co-hosts and guests in the future interviews both on the podcast and on YouTube. But anyway, back to George Carlin. I got sidetracked for a sec. So he did the seven dirty words. He 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 talks about all kinds of different stuff. Um I want to go over some quotes that he said. Let me just get down to the quotes. Some quotes Carlin said that are really funny or maybe maybe not funny but some are thoughtful. Most people are not particularly good at anything. If acting were, were was hard for me, I wouldn't do it. It's something that I like. It's it is something that I like to do. If you love someone, set them free. If they come home, set them on fire. Honesty may be the best policy. Honesty may honesty may, may be the best policy, but it's important to remember that apparently, by elimination, dishonesty is the second best policy. Second is not all that bad. Let me see. I'm going to skip that quote there. I think it's the duty of the comedian to find out where the line is drawn and draw it deliberately. I would never want to be a member of a group whose symbol was a guy nailed nailed by two pieces of wood. Speaking about Jesus. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let me see what else. There's some more quotes. Don't confuse my point of view with cynicism. The real cynics are the ones who tell you that everything's going to be all right. That's 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 thought provoking. I like that.
Okay, hold on, I'm gonna get a few more quotes before I move on to my fourth and final dead person comedian that I like. In his will, regarding his funeral, I wish no public service of any kind. I wish no religious service of any kind. I prefer a private gathering at my home, attended by friend by my friends and family members. It should be extremely informal. They should play rhythm and blues music. They should play rhythm and blues music, and they should laugh a lot. I like that. Okay, just a few more quotes before I go on to the next guy. That's my job, thinking up goofy SHIT. Something about a dog. As long as you have, as long as you have observations to make, as long as you can see things and let them register against your template, as long as you're able to take impressions and compare them with the old ones, you will always have material. People often ask me, "Don't you, don't you ever think you might run out, of, run out of ideas? Don't you ever worry about not having enough to say anything about not having anything to say anymore?" Occasionally, that do, that does flash your mind because it's because it's a natural human impulse to think in terms of beginnings and endings. The truth is, I can't run out of ideas. Not as long as I keep getting new information and I can keep processing it. Absolutely. Floating around the internet these days, posted and emailed back and forth, are a number of writings attributed to me, and I want people to know they're not mine. Don't blame me. Here's a rule of thumb, folks. Nothing you see on the internet is mine unless it came from one of my albums, books, HBO shows, or appeared on my website. From his official website, in response to the mass number of jokes and rants on the internet that are falsely attributed to him. Who says, who says life is sacred? God? Hey, if you read your history, God is one of the leading causes of death. Dun dun dun. That's... Okay. Uh, uh. For centuries now, man has, man has done everything he can to destroy, defile, and interfere with nature. Clear-cutting forests, strip-mining mountains, poisoning the atmosphere, overfishing the oceans, polluting the rivers and lakes, destroying wetlands and aquitters, Quiffers. So when nature strikes back and smacks him on the head, head and kicks him on the on his on the nuts, I enjoy that. I have absolutely no sympathy for human beings whatsoever, none. And no matter what kind of problem humans are facing, whether it's natural or man-made, I hope I always hope it gets worse. A lesson lesson learned. Always check mental health of creative partner beforehand. Love the actors. Love the crew. Had a great time. Couldn't wait to get the F out of there. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. Some people are still stuck in the matrix, so that line, those few lines about politics there, um, will go, uh, way over their head. Okay, I think I have one last quote before I move on to the fourth and final, well, not final, but the fourth of the dead people section. Yes, here it is. It's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. 
So again, first we had Raji Dan Raji Rodney Dangerfield, Patrice O'Neill, and now and I just spoke about George Carlin. We are now moving on to another comedian that's deceased that no longer walks this earth that I like as a comedian, and that is. He can never be replaced. It is Mr. Robin Williams, who also happens to have the same secular birthday as me. So, if anybody that know, knows me is uh, downloading or playing this, he has the same secular English birthday as me, which is July 21st. Like I said, he could never um, be replaced. Um, just, um, but wait, but back for George Carlin for a second before I go more into Robin Williams. Um, so Carlin passed away in 2008. We could really use George Carlin now in the 2020s. It's uh, He'd have something to say about what's going on now in the 2020s. And it's sad that he's gone. Now back to Robin Williams. Also sad that he's gone and won't be around to help us with things in the 2020s as well for Mr. Robin Williams, who was on the TV show Mork and Mindy. He was um, Popeye in an uh, early 80s Popeye movie. Then he started to getting into movies. And let me just see his movie list, his beginning movie list before I move to some quotes about him. Yeah, so, yeah, right. So, Pop, uh, Mork and Mindy, Popeye. Wait, where's that? How, how, yeah, Happy Days, Pop, Happy Days, Popeye, Mork and Mindy, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so his first, I don't know how many movies he, he was in before this, but his first main big movie was Good Morning Vietnam in 1987. And then he was in, after, for movies that are big after Good Morning Vietnam, he was in, uh, De, um, Dead, Dead Poet Society was a good movie. And then he was in a lot of movies in the, uh, the 90s and uh, the 2000s. Now, let's go back to some quotes he said and try to get off the credit list of movies and TV shows. He does a wild improvised stream of consciousness, comedy dialogue where he could do net, where he could do cultural references, impersonations and one-liners with rapid switching. Unique skill at imitating voices. All right, let's go over some quotes he said. Let me just jump to the quote section. Okay, here we go. Ah, yes. Divorce. From the Latin word meaning to rip out a man's genitals through the wallet. Okay, this next one's funny. After the divorce one, here it goes. See, the problem is that God gives man a brain and a penis and only enough blood to run one at a time. Dun dun dun. Comedy is acting out optimism. Everyone has these two visions when they hold their child for the first time. The first is your child as an adult saying, I want to thank the Nobel Committee for this award. The other is, you want fries with that? It's okay. A woman would never make a nuclear bee. They would never make a woman that they would never make a woman that weapon that kills. No, no. They'd make a weapon that makes you feel bad for a while.
Uh, here's a really good one of his. It says, you're, you're, only, you're only given one little spark of madness. You mustn't lose it. I started doing comedy because that was the only stage that I could find. It was the pure idea, pure idea of being on stage. That was the only thing that interested me, along with the learning the craft and the working, and just being in productions with people. Yeah, for sure. On his acting career, all the new people you meet, it's pretty amazing. The vampire needs new blood, and there's still a lot to learn, and there's always, always great stuff out there. Even mistakes can be wonderful. I'd play the Riddler in the next Batman, although it's hard to top Heath Ledger as the villain, for sure. And I'd get little hairy, little hairy for tights. Plus, the Batman films have screwed me over twice before. Years ago, they offered me the Joker, then gave it to Jack Nicholson. Then they offered me the Riddler and gave it to Jim Carrey. There's so much. To, there's so much to talk about. The fact that Donald Trump wants to see Obama's birth certificate. I want to see his hairline first. Bum, bum, bum. Men can't fake an orgasm. Who wants to look that that dumb? You know what I'm saying? Stand up is the place where you can do things that you could never do in public, for sure. Once, once you step on stage, you're licensed to do that. It's an understood relationship. You walk on the stage, it's your job. On Jonathan Winters, I don't know who that is. Let me just... Hold on a sec, Jonathan Winters. Also passed away. Um, let me see what he said about, about this Jonathan Winters. Okay, um, Jonathan, Jonathan taught me that the world is open for play, and that everything and everybody is mockable in a wonderful way. Okay, cool, cool. I used to think that the worst thing in life was to end up alone. It's not. The worst thing in life is to end up with people who make you feel alone. Yeah. So the truth is, if anything, I'm probably addicted to laughter. If women ran the world, we wouldn't have wars. Just intense nego negotiations every 28 days. Dun dun dun. Uh, he re repeats the one about the spark of madness. Okay. Alright, I'm going to be moving on to the living people very soon now. Hold on a sec. It's amazing that medical science can develop a drug, a drug to give you an erection, but cannot develop a drug that can give you mental clarity, right? Life's a tragedy to, to those who feel, and a comedy to those who think. So it can be curse. So it can be a curse in that you can find something funny even in the darkest thing. The imagination functions on its own. I grew up as an only child, so the imagination was a necessity. It's like a survival mechanism. Okay, then he he quote then he says quotes for something as Ryan Digital said. Uh huh. Okay. So they. Okay. 
on the first film to make a big, big impression on him. That was 2001, A Space Odyssey. I saw it at the Cinerama with my parents and was totally slack-jawed. With that sort of cinema and that film, you don't ever need to take acid. It knocked me out on 2001, A Space Odyssey. I love science fiction and Kubrick. The whole experience was so surreal. I don't know how much value I have in the universe, but I do know that I've made a few people happier that than they would have been without me. And as long as I know that, I'm as rich as I ever need to be. For sure, for sure. Ah, oh, here we go. This one's interesting. I was once I was in, I was once on a German talk show. And if you want to go want to go to one want to go on one, it's a lot of fun. It's really fun. Said I was on this ger German talk show, and this woman said to me, she said, Mr. Williams, why do you think there's not so much comedy in Germany? And I said, did you ever think that you killed all the funny people? And here's where it got interesting. She didn't bat an eyelash. She just went, no. And at that point, even God's going, do you get it? German comedy. Knock, knock. We ask the questions. Dun, dun, dun. Right, and the last quote I want to say before I move on to the living comedians. I th from Robin, Mr. Robin Williams. I think the saddest people al always try their hardest to make people happy because they know what it's like to feel absolutely worthless and they don't want anyone else to feel like that. Yeah, 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 very true. Very good. Okay. Now that we got the four favorite deceased, no longer on the earth, walking the earth comedians, I will now be talking about my live comedians, still alive currently at the time of this recording. And this is in no particular order. It's not a definitive list. I might think of more comedians post this podcast that I didn't be able to make the list, the, the cut so far yet. But now I want to first speak a little bit about Mr. Gabriel Inglacius, also known as Pikachu or Fluffy. Um, this is a Hispanic comedian, and he is he he does he does sound he does sound effects also. Um, whenever he's on, he can be seen on Comedy Central. Let me see if I. See if I actually like any of his quotes. If I if I don't, let me just take a look at his quotes for a sec. I have no real. I mean, he has a lot of quotes here that said, but none that I can really know enough to 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 really say. But for the first of the live comedians. Like the sound effects of the Hispanic comedian, Mr. Gabriel Inglacius. Next, moving on. My next comedian I like is Mr. Chris Tucker, who who most people will know from the Rush Hour, Rush Hour movies. Okay, here's what I want to say about Mr. Chris Tucker. Um, I liked his... Wait a sec... I like him in Rush Hour movies, especially Rush Hour 2. Rush Hour 2 is my favorite of the Rush Hour trilogy. I like in the beginning of Rush Hour 2 when he does the song and dance of the Michael Jackson song as he's uh, he was friends with Michael Jackson also. And he was good in... 
I like this performance in Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, let me just see. Yeah, I liked him in Rush Hour and Silver Li the Rush Hour movie, especially Rush Hour Two and Silver Lining Silver's Lining Playbook. And I just want to see before I move on to the next comedian if there is any quotes I want to say about him that he said quotes he said. When, you when you're first starting out, you, you want to keep making good movies. When you're young and you're black, you do a bad movie and you're through. And then I like the second quote right, right below that. It says, I will always do stand-up. Even if my acting career takes off, stand-up is my life. I think real life reflects, you, reflects your movies. In your life, you pick stuff that influences what movie roles you want to pick. I think if you got an interesting life, you want to do interesting movies about... Interesting movie, interesting movies about interesting things. And that's it. That's all I really want to say about Chris Tucker. Um, so I'm going to now move on to the next comedian. And that is Mr. Jackie Mason, who I have seen, uh, in, I've seen him perform in person once or twice. I think twice at least. The first time with my dad. I, I, I know, first time with my dad and a second time by myself. Mr. Jackie Mason, let me say a few things about him. He grew up surrounded by rabbis, which included three of his brothers. He himself was a cantor until the age 25, when he, when he too was ordained a rabbi. He left the synagogue after three years later. Uh, I lost my place for a sec. Okay, um, le after three years later, however, later quipping, someone in the family had to make a living. Huh. Alright, here we go. Now from some quotes he said. I have enough I have enough money to last me the rest of my life unless I buy something. It's no longer a question of staying healthy, it's a question of finding a sickness you like. I don't believe that any anybody has come to a conclusion on why something is funny. It's funny because it's ridiculous, and it's ridiculous for different reasons at different times. My comedy doesn't come from any calculations and studies. I have nothing but love in my heart, and everything I, I say is just an instrument for laughs. Uh, I'm going to skip you more quotes there. Can't predict them. Okay. Oh. Okay. I'll, yeah, that's ne it's negative that I want to speak about and then go into one positive joke he said that's not on here that I saw from his clips. Okay, I'm going to go about a little bit of negativity for a sec, but then get, get the comedy joke he said in the clip to outdo what this is. And it says, A schmuck like Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I do not care for Bernie Sanders. A schmuck like Bernie, Bernie Sanders pops out who doesn't even know what's going on and doesn't care. Because to him, Israel get, getting wiped out is no problem. Climate change is the only problem. To him, the most important thing in the world is climate change. If Israel gave up their country but they fought for climate change, he would love Israel. In 10 minutes, they would be his favorite country. Yeah, I do not care for Mr. Bernie Sanders and yeah. But, but now let's get a little joke clip. I want to um, verbally try to... I, I can't do it the way he does it, but let me just say what it's about that's funny about his jokes. He did uh, one of his shows... This was a YouTube clip, so not not remember seeing this in person, but I did see him in person once or twice. He did this joke about how uh, guys go on a date with a girl, uh, buying her food and stuff, but we all know what a guy really wants. 
And so they're both fooling each other because they go out for dinner, but he wants something, you know, after dinner. If you know what I mean, I think you do. But again, you have to find the clip for it to know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's searchable. You can find anything now to look up these days. All right. So that was Mr. Jackie Mason, who I've seen in person. And most people don't know who he is, but I like his delivery of his funny jokes. Now moving on. The next comedian I have on my list of favorite comedians is Mr. Bill Burr. Mr. Bill Burr. Um, let me just see if there are any quotes I want to say about him. On his performance style. On a good night, depending on my mood, it can change up to 60%. I wouldn't know how to do the exact, the, the exact same act night after night. I would go, a complete, I would go absolutely insane. And then on, on fixing overpopulation, you know how, how, how I would do it? I would randomly sink cruise ships. In any case, if you want to catch funny... Well, he has a Netflix show. I think that's about to end. But yeah, but um, if you want to catch out his podcasts, like me, great minds think, thinks alike, think alike. He's a podcaster. I'm a more recent um, beginner starter pod, 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 podcaster. But yeah, he does a podcast every Monday and some Thursdays. I think this Thursday show is less long than the Monday one. But if you want to see, uh, hear Bill's, Bill Bird's thoughts about the world, catch his Monday podcast on Bill Bird Podcasts. And now I'm going to move on to the next comedian. The next comedian I have on my list, the second and... No, well... Well, I... Um, Jackie Mason was the first Jew. Now, my second Jew com- Jewish comedian is Mr. Elon Gold, who I have watched do um, Zoom shows because we're now in, of course, the Zoom uh, pandemic time because um, people are too afraid to meet up in person. Um, but yeah, Mr. Elon Gold, uh, he had a lot of failed TV shows. Um, I don't think there's any quotes for his page, at least not on this one right here. But I like to watch the comedy of Elon Gold. And I hope he comes out with new material. For any of these comedians, it really helps. It's a lot better if they um, ever can come out with new material. Because I can tell when their jokes are very, very old and very old and not new at all. So that's Mr. Elon Gold. And now, after Elon Gold, we are down to the last four comedians that I found up on my list. Again, this is not a definitive list. I could have put out a lot more people, but at the time, this is all I know for sure. So the next the next comedian I have, also needing no introduction, is Mr. Eddie Murphy, who we may know from Beverly Hills Cup. And, and after Beverly Hills Cup... In 1988, there was Coming to America, which um, there's actually going to be a Coming to America 2 movie that he's involved in that's going to supposedly come out in the beginning of March on Amazon Prime. Um, It has a different rating than the first one. The first movie was rated R. The second one's PG-13. The trailers didn't do too much for me, but I'm still going to check it out because I really enjoyed the original one. And so check out in uh, March, March 2021, Coming to America 2. And he is—he has a goofy laugh, and he often plays multiple characters in one movie. And in the trailers for *Coming to America 2*, it again shows him playing multiple characters. 
Alright, let me go see any quotes I want to say about him before moving on to the next comedians. In 1985, I'd like to produce, direct, write, score, and star in a film in exactly the exactly the way Charlie Charlo, Charlo, Charles Chaplin did. I'll do that before I'm 30. Every bad decision I've made has been based on money. I grew up in the projects, and you don't turn down money. Don't turn down money there. You take it because you never know when it's all going to end. I made Beverly Hills Cop 3, 1994, because they offered me 15 million dollars. That 15 million dollars was worth was was worth having Robert e- Ebert's thumb up my ass. I started out as an impressionist, and that's all about observing how people move, their voice quality, their attitudes, and quirks. On why he accepted a part in Best Defense from 1984. Nope, not familiar with that movie. The door opened and four guys came in carrying a check. Ah, here's here's the next really important one. If you're involved with something that's original, you know, you'll always go back and try to rehash it. Pretty much, yeah. The advice I would give to someone is to not take anyone's advice. Also true. I keep telling people I'd make movies until I'm 50 and then I'd go and do something else. I'm going to be a professional gentleman of leisure. On rumors he will play the Riddler in the next Batman movie. Uh, I would love to be in one of those Batman movies. Jim Carrey did the Riddler once and he did a wonderful job. Egghead. I could be Egghead. Uh, Let me see. Okay. Ah, okay. Uh, On Richard Pryor, Charles Chaplin, Bill... C and George Carlin being the greatest influences. I feel like those are the most brilliant comedy, brilliant comedy minds ever. You can draw a line for them to any to anyone who's trying to do comedy or just be funny today, including me. I know what I'm capable of doing and what I'm capable of not doing. To be perfectly honest, I'm a little afraid of doing a straight dramatic film. I'm not saying I, I couldn't do it. I'm saying I'm afraid to. Everyone is afraid of failure. With the success I've had and the money that I make, that I make, if I was a white man and went out to get a cab together, the cab wouldn't stop for me. It would stop for the white man. Okay, let me see any more quotes before I move on to the next guy. On returning to stand-up comedy, if I ever get back on stage, I'm going to have a really great show for you all. An hour and a half of stand-up and about 40 minutes of my S-H-I-T-T-Y band. But I don't know. The way that that used to come about, you'd be around the house, hanging out, say something funny, and it'll be like, I'm I'm going to go to the club. Try that out tonight. That still happens, but it's been a long time. I'm not the guy in the leather suit anymore. The hardest thing for comics nowadays is to find your effing, effing voice. On his legacy, 
Technology has it to where they're going to play this stuff forever. That's true. But the reality is, all this SHIT turns into dust. Everything is temporary. No matter what you do, if you're around here long enough, you'll wind up dribbling and SHITing on yourself. And you won't even remember the SHIT you did. I saw this documentary, documentary on Ronald Reagan, and it was like, whoa. They say he came into the house, he, he had, and he had the toy white, the toy white house that he had taken out of a fish tank. And he goes, I don't know what I'm doing with this, but I know it has something to do with me. He had even forgotten he was the president. No matter what you do, that SHIT is gonna all get turned into goobly gook, gobbly gook. In 200 years, it's all dust. And in 300 years, it ain't nothing. And in 1000 years, it's like, you, you wasn't even effing here. But if you're really, really lucky, if you really did something special, you could hang around a little bit long, around a little bit, around, around a little longer, for sure. You see any more quotes before I move to the next comedians? From Mr. Eddie Murphy. 2015. I'm not doing anything unless the script's incredible. Well, I hope that's the case then for coming to America too. I did some movies where they offer you a bunch of money and you go, okay, I'll do it. I've done enough of those. I don't have to do them anymore. Oh, here we go. The last quote I want to talk about, he's referencing about Cisco and Ebert and the original 1988 coming to America. I haven't read a review in easily 20, 25 years. I used to. I remember when Coming to America, the original 1988 came out. Cecil Niebuhr came to give it two thumbs down, gave it two thumbs down, uh, way down, saying it sucked. Then, 10, 15 years later, I, re I remember them doing a retrospective, and they were both the classic Coming to America, blah, blah, blah. The shelf life of movies changes over the years. And that was all about Mr. Eddie Murphy. Now moving to my next comedian. And I have, his name is Mr. Larry David. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. Mr. Larry David uh, helped create the show, was involved in making the show Seinfeld, but now in the 2000s, 2000 through the 2020s, he has Curb Your Enthusiasm. He uses humor, which is derived from awkward so social situations. Often uses articles of clothing as major plot devices and has a bald head, distinctive Oliver People's eyeglasses. Okay, I'm going to do some quotes for him in just a sec. All right, let me see. All right, quotes. I guess I still feel that I'm a comedian. If I had to pick one thing that I feel like I could do, it would be that. That doesn't mean that I like it, but that's what I what I am. Trying on pants is one of the most humiliating things a guy can suffer that doesn't involve a woman. Bum bum bum. Anybody can be confident with a full head of hair, but a confident bald man? 
That's your diamond in the rough. Yeah, bomb bomb. I don't think anyone is really interested in reading about my emotional state. It's not even interesting to me. Something about a homeless thing. If I tried to flirt with a woman and she didn't know who I was, she would run away. Hmm? Mm hmm? Okay. Okay, last two quotes. One more, two more quotes about Mr. Larry David. On playing the character Larry in Kirby Enthusiasm, every day confirms more and more he's right. He's right about everything. He rarely rare, is rarely wrong, wrong. And when he is, he apologize, apologizes. I think a lot of people are afraid to apologize. I love to apologize. I was raised to apologize. My mother insisted oh, always. Even if I was 100% right, she would insist, Larry, you be the man. Go ahead. Tell him you're sorry. But I didn't do anything. I don't care. Tell him you're sorry. And now this last quote, and then I want to talk about um, an episode of Curb that I really want everybody to ch all check out. When things happen to me, I write them down. Which is sometimes, sometimes I do this as well. I write them down. I'll use them eventually at some point. Yep, pretty much. I carry carry around like a little pad with me. I carried a pad, ar pad around for years. And then when I got a cell phone, I stopped carrying the pad and starting writing them onto the cell phone. People thought I was texting like I was being rude. So I, w so I went back to the pad. You don't want to be called a millennial. You're acting like a millennial. This is not a good thing to be called. Except... I, I don't mind being called a millennial because I, I know that's what I am, even though millennials are have their issues, but millennial I am and millennial is part of my, of my name, of my business name, of me. Now, before I move on to the last two comedians I have on my list, one thing I want to say about Larry David and the show Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm is... If you've never seen any episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm, I want you to check out Season 8, Episode 3, and the title of the episode is called The Palestinian Chicken Episode. It's hilarious, well, at least in my opinion, and uh, if you like the Palestinian Chicken Episode, then also check out any episodes he did before that and any episodes he did, did after that. They had wrapped up a 10th season, and I imagine at some point he's going to release the 11th season. The show started in 2000 and goes continue on into the 2020s. But yeah, Palestinian Chicken, watch episodes of Curb Enthusiasm. And if it's not your cup of tea, then maybe you'll like to watch um, shows, movies, um, stand-up shows or movies of any, other, of any of the other comedians I made talked about on this list outside of Mr. Larry David. And now, moving to our next to the last comedian... Of my t of my favorite comedians that I could think of is Mr. Mike Myers. No, no, not the Halloween guy, Mr. Canadian Mike Myers, who you might who you will know as Wayne in Wayne's World, and of course in 1997, Austin Powers. Yes, Mr. Wayne, Wayne and Wayne's World, and Austin Powers, uh, uh, Mike Myers. Okay, now I'm going to go over some quotes from Mike Myers.
Okay, hold on a sec. I still believe that at any time the no pale, the no talent police will come and arrest me. Um, hold on. I love making stuff. There's a joy in having the first molecule of an idea, then testing it in front of audiences at secret shows that people only know about the day before. I videotape those, study them, and enjoy being in the character and figuring out the movie. If I went by if I went by all the rejection I've had in my career, I should have given up a long time ago. I like smart jokes, I like dumb jokes, I like dumb jokes done smartly. Yeah, so I really like to see him as Wayne's World and as Austin Powers and of course as Doctor Evil. Um I really would like there to be a Wayne's World 3 and an Austin Powers 4. Um but those will probably never happen. Um, but what is nice to dream and think about, though, for, for there to be a Wayne's World 3 and an Austin Powers 4. Um, as far as the salary is concerned, from Austin Powers 3 gold member from 2002, he got $25, mil $25 million against the 21% of the film's gross. Yes, when actors get a something percent of the film's gross, that makes them have even more money. I cannot wait to have all that kind of money in long-term savings and investing and bonds and coins and all that stuff about money I want to learn about in the future. I, I'm all ready to put all that money and all the things to make it build up to be more money. It's going to be fantastic and huge. Now, that leaves only one comedian left. Wow, almost in the 50-minute mark after 49 minutes. Um, but we're at the last comedian now in the 50-minute point. After Mr. Mike Myers, the last list of comedian is Mr. Dave Chappelle. Yes, Mr. Dave Chappelle. Now this list was in no particular order, but our last comedian in the on my on my podcast now for my favorite favorite comedians, Mr. Dave Chappelle, who you may know from Robin, Robin Hood Men in Tights, or of course even more than that from his Chappelle show that he starred in Comedy Central in two thousand and three. All right, now I'm going to go over some quotes of Mr. Uh, Mr. from some quotes that Mr. Dave Chappelle has, has said. I still think people do have racial hang-ups, but I think one of the reasons I can joke about it right what I can joke about it is people are shedding those racial 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 hatreds. If you're Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston and your marriage is breaking up, that's an awful thing. But to see that speculation in people, it's gonna it's gonna sting a little bit. On his on his abrupt abrupt departure from Chappelle's show, I figured let me just cut myself off from everybody, take a minute, and pull a Flintstone, stop a speeding car by using using my bare feet bare feet as brakes. You can become famous, but you can't become unfamous. You can become infamous, but not unfamous. I don't normally talk about religion publicly because I don't want people to associate me and my flaws with this beautiful thing. And I believe it is beautiful if you learn it the right way. 
on living in Ohio. Turns out you don't need $50 million to live around these parts. Just a nice smile and a kind way about you. You guys are the best neighbors ever. That's why I came back, and that's why I'm staying. On Chappelle's show, I have to say, it was by far the best experience I ever had working in television. When you hear me say, like, I quit, and all this stuff, I mean, that was literally just the tension and the dramatic situation of creating something. And the ne network executives having their responsibilities, and I have my responsibilities. So this is a natural tension of these relationships. By far, it was better than any situation I ever had in corporate television. I want to tell my jokes. I want to have my time with my children. I want to entertain people. And at, and at one point, I'll walk away from show business. But I don't want, want to walk away empty-handed. On turning down $50 million, $50 million contract from Comedy Central to make a four, fourth season of Chappelle's show, joking about his spouse. Don't think you can turn down a 50 million, 50, 50 million, 50, 50 million dollar contract and your wife is going to be cool with that. On media speculation on why he went to Africa. Who goes from, who goes from Af Africa, um, who goes from America to, uh, from America to Africa for medical treatment? It was the most irresponsible journalism I've ever seen. And the last quote, On Donald Trump, he's like a bad DJ. He's like a bad disc, disc jockey at a good party. Okay, as much as I like, as much as I like Dave Chappelle's comedy and watching all his stand-ups and some episodes of Chappelle's show, but a lot of his stand-ups, especially on stand-ups on Netflix, um, he like a lot of people do not care for or like Mr. Ex-President Donald Trump. Um, this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I actually like Trump, and I know not a lot of people like him, but hey, listen, if that makes me lo lose supporters or f friends or uh, acquaintances, it is what it is. I do think that Trump was trying to help the country, and, and, he, and, he, and he was very good for Israel, unlike Bernie Sanders. <laughs> In any case, that was about Mr. Um, Dave Chappelle of my favorite stand-up comedians. So I'm going to go over the list real quick again. The four dead deceased comedians, the four four deceased comedians are Rodney Dangerfield, Patrice O'Neill, George Carlin, and Robin Williams. And the and the other live comedians, as of still alive of this recording of my favorite comedians, are Mr. Bill Burr, Chris Tucker from Rush Hour Movies, Chris Tucker, Bill Burr, Chris Tucker, Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, Ga Gabrielle Inglacius, Elon Gold, Jackie Mason, Larry David, Mike Myers, let me see, wait, yeah, Bill Burr, Chris Tucker, Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, Gabrielle Iglesias, Elon Gold, Jackie Mason, Larry David, Mike Myers, and I believe, yeah, that was the nine. That was the nine live ones. We're just about now going to be entering 55 minutes in. So now that I stated all the comedians I like and said some quotes that they all said, I will now... The maximum recording time for segments is 60 minutes. Keep an eye on the clock. Oh, shit! The maximum record. This is the first time I've ever said that. I never, I never got this far along a recording before. Heads up! The maximum recording time for segments is 60 minutes. Keep an eye on the clock. So in less than... 
in less than four minutes, in less than five minutes from 60, from 55. Longest, longest podcast I've ever done so far ever on my podcasting. I just want to say, I'll see you at the movies with your masks on because the movie theaters are going to be dead soon. But let's get, again, enough with the movie theaters. I'll tell you that in another episode. Movie theaters, please come see while they still are. Everybody dance and have a good time. Everybody dance and have a good time. Everybody dance and have a good time. This is Millennial Man Motions Entertainment signing out.